Hello and welcome in. Yes, this is it. Three guys before the game. Thank you so much for joining us. It's episode number 141. It is the Kansas Review Edition. Coming up on our program, we'll recap West Virginia's visit to Lawrence, Kansas, as they head into their first bye week of the season. The dean is here, Hoppy Kirchival. That is a stunner in itself. That breaking story will be detailed in just a moment. And the senator is here as well, although he is unshaven. Today's program is being brought to you by DonateLifeWV.org. Designate as a donor today where you can save lives. DonateLifeWV.org by Comax Business Systems, your full-service Konica Minolta dealer. Check them out at Comax Business Systems, ComaxWV.com. By the folks at Mardi Gras Casino in Cross Lanes, Mardi Gras Casino WV.com will give you their full promotional calendar. And by Wheeling Island Hotel, Casino, and Racetrack, check them out at wheelingisland.com. We'll tell you about some of the events they have coming up shortly. This is it. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. We we, we open with a, a breaking news story, I think. I think it'll be breaking news. Well, we were, Senator and I had anticipated doing this show as two rather than three guys we were told unknown Kirchival on vacation this week uh, didn't do his uh, his coffee clutch that he does there he does a political uh, public affairs show I don't know exactly what they talk about something um, but anyway yeah and but he, he texted me said I'll be in for three guys which tells us this he loves this show more than he loves his own talk show Senator, agree? That's that's what I took from it when yeah. we walked through the door. Yeah, Thanks. absolutely. Thank you so much for coming in. We do appreciate it. My that. pleasure. Staycation. I'm around. Yeah, that's good. Because this is this is the e. My show is hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This show is easy. Yeah. This show's like a vacation. Yeah. This is kind of like uh, when you, if you were in college. This is kind of like when you go to the cafeteria. That's the not a class. This is just kind of when you go in there, you know, just hang out at the cafeteria. My show. I mean, this isn't even like your study hall class. No, this is easier than the study hall class. No, my my show is is graded and is graded tough. A B C. This this is a pass fail. Yeah, this is absolutely a pass fail. <laughs> and I don't think the F is available. No, and, and yeah, no, just come on in. No show one's up. no one's ever failed. So. We jump in here, folks, with uh, one piece of new news. As we record, uh, the Big 12 Conference just announced that the West Virginia-Texas game time has been set, and it will be, no, not at night, but it'll probably be kind of dusky by the time it's over, 3.30 kickoff. 3.30 kickoff for West Virginia and Texas a week from this coming Saturday as West Virginia plays its Big 12 home opener. The Mountaineers have ended this month of September, as you all know, with a 3-1 and record, 1-0 and in Big 12 conference play following Saturday's 29-24 victory over the Kansas Jayhawks. On this program, we will break down some of the pieces that uh, may have gotten passed over a bit uh, during Saturday's game. And we'll also, once again, answer your questions. Uh, listeners are sending us tweets, and so we'll get into some of those as well. Plus, yep. One of our great listeners has uh, returned to an old uh, custom here on the program, and that's sending us food, which is never, ever discarded. And we'll talk about that at the end of the program as well. And thank you very much. Uh, All right, guys. So here we go. I'll lay it out to you, and then you can kind of opine and jump in. Going into this season, we had perhaps the biggest unknown about this Mountaineer football team going into a season that we've had 
in a long, long time. Just a massive question mark. You had new coach, new coaching staff, new support people, new quarterback, new receivers, just a bunch of new. So you didn't know what you had. And you knew you had four games. And you looked at it and you said, what's going to happen here? Starting with James Madison, right? We were going like, oh, boy, James Madison's got a chance to win the FCS this year. They're good. Returning starters. twenty. They have 29 returning starters on a 22. On a 22. <laughs> Everyone was back. So we just didn't know from James Madison. But now you end the month at 3-1. and one, And you end the month after playing two, two games very solidly. Uh, North Carolina State and Kansas. So, with that being said, as the precursor, by the way, I love the shirt. Thank you. Um, what's your take as to where we are? Well, you go to you go to Kansas. This is an improved Kansas team. We're going to talk about that. You're on the road, and you come out of that with a win over a conference foe in a tough game where you didn't play your best. So that that is that's all good. And you come out of September three and one before you face this really difficult October schedule. So that's that's a good start. I, I think that you would, before the season began, if you said three, will you take three and one and you, you upset NC State and you'd be, yeah, you'd take that. I tweeted right after the game, I stole a March Madness theme. Oh, what'd you do? I said, survive in advance if you're West Virginia. That's what that felt like to me in this particular group. This isn't about style points for this group. This isn't a results-driven business. This is just about the results for this team, in my opinion. Find wins where you can find them. To do that in back-to-back weeks after how this group looked against Missouri, I think is a fantastic job by the players and the coaches to get them in this point and end 3-1 and one at the end of the first month. And that game was that that was not an art game. That was a rock fight. Had to win okay. the game. Had to win the game. And Kansas was driving to win the game but you found a way to win Neil Brown said it after the game didn't play our best but found a way to win on the roads that's what counts rarely do you walk out of Lawrence and they are improved I agree with what you said but rarely do you walk out of Lawrence with a five-point win and start high-fiving and giddy and hugging and screaming you do in this particular group take the win move on try and get some rest recover a little bit and then brace yourself what's going to be a very difficult October the scene was set for West Virginia to get beat sure at Kansas because they had just gone up to Boston College. They rolled them, right? And they put up 48 points against BC. They come home. Everyone is ignited. They're saying, this Les Miles guy, this is for real. That was a broke that long road losing streak that they that, had against that's Power That's as Fox. bouncy as it gets for Kansas football over the last decade. And Absolutely. that's not an exaggeration. Agree? No, there was a buzz. Uh, there was a buzz in that crowd for the first time. It, you could hear it. You could feel it. They wanted it. So that was a difficult area to step into. And they just felt, felt good about themselves all the way around. And so for West Virginia to do that, and I know you look at that and you may look at that in years to come and go, what are you guys talking about? No, that was that was a setup to lose that game. And for them to come out of there and persevere and do it, um, that's significant. Tony, and you were there, so you know, but at the, Kansas has been so bad for so long that after the game, the crowd actually cheered the effort by Kansas. So they, I know a lot of people don't believe in moral victories, but it was kind of a moral victory for Kansas because they're, they're exciting, they got guys, they almost pulled it out. So, I mean, the early signs are he's got it headed in the right direction. Whether he gets it done, I don't know, but certainly they've made tremendous strides just in, uh, just in a few months. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they feel that they're in the, the right direction. And I think, you know, I don't know, they, I don't know how many games more that they will win. Uh, but, you know, their quarterback is solid. He's got a very, very high percentage of completion. Those running backs, as we saw, uh, they can make bad plays turn into good plays. Uh, several times they just snapped plays off and cut the other direction, and that's problematic. 
Uh, they got some receivers that can catch it. So, that, yeah, I mean, they'll they'll find their way to keep scratching and clawing and be a pain in the butt uh, all season long. Yeah, and, I, and that's where that program is. If it can be a pain in the butt to other Big 12 programs, then then that's what you deal with if you're Kansas and you're happy with that, given their scholarship issues and given where they've been. And it, it also speaks to where West Virginia is. To go back to that rebuild theme, that's where West Virginia is as well. It, if it can go on the road and scratch and claw and find a way to get a win against whomever they're playing, you take that and then you move on to the next week. Would you, would you have taken the bet before the game that West Virginia would have more rushing yards than Kansas? No, you would not have taken that bet. Don't you even pretend that you would have taken that bet. Who? You. I was on here with you screaming about Khalil Herbert and Puka, how good they were, and they come out and they can't run, they can't run at all. Can't go on that West Virginia defense. They just lock them right up, said, you're not going to run. Puka. I, I said during our game day broadcast, I'm done with all this respect that we throw out to everybody around the league. Talk about Kansas's running game all week, and they, neither one of them got 100 yards. Well, here's – you know the most amazing thing we didn't bring up last week about Puka Williams? He's got no toes. He's got no toes on his right feet, on his right foot. What does that mean? He has no toes. All of his toes were cut off at nine years old in a, in a lawnmower accident. And the doctor said, not only will you probably never play sports again, you'll probably never walk without the aid of something. He had all of his toes cut off. That's true. And I forgot to bring it up last week. He's toeless. He's absolutely. That's a big thing to forget to bring up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I forgot. Think that'd be significant he, for a, a running back that's that fast. And he runs four or five. Yeah. He's four or five without Incredible. toes. Without toes. Well, West Virginia locking those guys up, I thought was one of the real stories of the game. Obviously, you got to score points to win. But the fact that neither of those guys broke loose for a big – I mean, that's what surprised me. Not that they couldn't chip away and bang ahead and get four yards and six yards. The fact that neither of those guys popped one out after being contained and went for 63 yards, that to me, great job by the West Virginia defense containing those guys. Well, I know I remember one or two times that Puka Williams had significant runs. It was after the play was blocked up and he has reverse field and did something on his own. That's what you're okay. scared of. Yeah. And, but West Virginia did a good job of of containing them and getting them before they had a chance, getting them at the at the uh, point of contact rather than letting them get through the line and get into the secondary. Here's a little bit of a statistical aberration. Um, there's a whole different... Uh, could be... Sorry, we, we interrupting you there? All right, so let me see. One second. Oh, it's Puka. He said... I mean, I'll just get a text. Make sure you tell him about my toes. Okay. Oh, you did it. Done. Yeah. I, I told him I was going to bring that up, so I'll take care of it. Um... 56 snaps is all they ran. Amazing. Now, do you know what that does for a defense? Now, go back here. <laughs> go back to which, recent history at West Virginia. Yeah, go back to recent. It affects both of them, yeah. both defenses. Go back to recent history. You're exactly right. So, West Virginia slugs off 85 plays. Mm-hmm. And how well did West Virginia at the end of the game start to get a little yardage off the ground game, right? right. Pounding and pounding. So, that that's football, man, right? 85 to 56, your defense stays relatively fresh in what is a defense that doesn't have a tremendous amount of depth. That's a big key in the game. See, the statistical anomaly is they average 7.4 yards per play. That normally is winning football. Right. West Virginia averaged 4.6. You normally want to be a plus five on that deal, but because West Virginia ran so many more plays, that's why that number didn't have that big of an impact. The other thing is, I know, it's so doggone boring, but turnovers. West Virginia doesn't, plus two West Virginia in the game. And the Keith Washington interception, one of the best interceptions that I have seen in a long, long time. He jumped, and while he was in the air, he had like this rocket booster. He went up again. That's what it <laughs> seemed to up. me. I yeah. mean, he went up, and then he said, oh, I got to go higher. And then it seemed like he almost went up again. 
37, I asked guys coming back, I said, how, what's his vertical? And they said 37 is his vertical. I think he, I think he exceeded 37 on that one, but that was a massively important pick. Get a couple extra inches with uh, adrenaline in a game. It, so that was huge. And it, it is boring, but listen, guys, that's going to be the story of this West Virginia team this season. Win turnover battles, you're going to be in the game. Lose turnover battles, you're not. And we've talked about a lot of reasons for that. That's just a good general rule. But when your offense can't overcome those easily, then that's going to be even more valuable. So you get the Keith Washington pick, but how about not giving up the interception that was reviewed and the yep. ball was on the ground? It was the correct call, but Kansas doesn't get that break. West Virginia does. That helped tremendously as well. West Virginia, one of just seven teams that has not fumbled away a possession. Oh, knock on wood. This, that? this knock, year, knock on yeah. wood. Uh, knock on now wood. they got they got four. They've thrown four picks. Um, Austin Kendall's thrown three, but they've done a good job. They're on the plus side on on turnovers. That's huge. Like you guys talked about on that Washington play, it was an incredible play, and, and it really took shape prior to him making the athletic play because Washington was quoted as saying he knew that he had. Uh, help behind him from the safety. Yep. So he kind of, you know, he kind of cheated over there a little bit and and lured the quarterback into throwing that ball. So he was thinking that thing out, and then after doing that, made a heck of a play. And that was huge because then West Virginia followed up on the pick, drove down the field, and scored a touchdown. Yep, totally agree. Um, one other note here: officiating. Oftentimes, uh, the officials are criticized. You won't find that on this program today, uh, but the Kansas people, they were sideways in anger. You know, you talked about the crowd being there. Now they were booing big time. They got bummed out that the fumble or the interception was not yes. um, reviewed and stayed their way as called on the field. The catch-kick interference mm -hmm. on the kickoff attempt mm -hmm. involving Dante Bonamico, they lost their noodle over that one. And then when West Virginia got points off of it, they also got bummed out um, significantly. So it was one of those days where West Virginia, not that they got any calls that they didn't deserve, but the calls that were made went in West Virginia's favor. And as a result of that, we got the check mark there. Pass interference on George Campbell that was also yes. pass interference. But here's, here's the thing, quite frankly, to, to be perfectly blunt. Kansas has got every call in basketball for the last 50 years, so they yeah. get none in football. Yeah. That's just part of the deal. They yeah. just get none, so don't, those fans can complain, they can boo, they can be mad, whatever. You're not getting yeah. any, right? You steal games all the time there in Allen Fieldhouse. Cheat, win, steal, so you're not getting any in football. Sorry. You know, well, they I, didn't get – Sorry. They didn't get any uh, – but and they were they, uh, Kansas was only penalized four times. But those were Boy, – those they were, were massive. They were huge <laughs> calls. I they mean, were massive. And, and normally – as West Virginia fans, like fans most places, you think the officials are against you. you got to come out of that game going, oh, well, that went pretty well. <laughs> Real quick, I, I wonder how many people knew that kick interference rule. You know, as West Virginians, you know that rule really well because it is in place because West Virginia took advantage of that against Louisville at the game here that went six overtimes when West Virginia absolutely plowed the returning team, <laughs> just mowed them down, and then caught the ball. Bobby Petrino's still mad, losing his mind. Yeah. So I think as West Virginians, we're way more aware of that rule than others. And in the there's always a West Virginia connection angle. The guy that announced the game this Saturday for ESPN, Dave Lamont, he was the announcer in that West Virginia Louisville was game. Was he really? Yes, oh, he that's was. Cool. That's a was nice. he really? Now, now he did. Now he was using a different. He had Mike Golick with him this week. He had Terry Bowden with him in that Louisville game. 
Now, Terry, you know, he used to. Yeah, was, but they were all the right calls. Happy, now, they, they, they were they, the correct they calls. Could, I mean, but you could, don't do, always get no. the right calls even when they're in the replay booth, right? That's usually where they screw those things up. But like I said, Kansas, it, it, can't worry about that. Sorry, Kansas. And, and, but it's part the, of the deal. Where they got the pass interference, I wondered about that call because West Virginia has not thrown deep successfully. And on fourth down, they throw deep. And I'm thinking to myself, why are you doing that? Why are you? Okay, okay, okay. Got the flag. <laughs> Fortunately, they got the flag. Solid point. Hey, in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness month that's coming up here in october mardi gras casino and resort will host check this out the little pink dress and tie benefit october 4 from 7 until 11 all the proceeds go to the west virginia breast health initiative it's an evening of dancing drink specials drawings and a silent auction tickets are just 15 dollars and will be available to purchase at the door so join the folks there for a night of fun live music from santa cruz friday night october 4 7 until 11 they celebrate breast cancer survivors with a little pink dress and tie benefit at Mardi Gras Casino. I think that uh, not only was the officiating good in that game, I want to talk about natural elements, i.e. Mother Nature. We went into it talking weather, right? And there was fear uh, that there was going to be potential for lightning and thunder, which could add to a long delay. So you went into that going like, oh, man, the last thing we need is like a super long delay and that whole kind of thing. So it never did rain, and that's good, but the wind was significant. I thought that the wind played a major role in the game. I was really surprised that Neil Brown said afterward that he didn't really think that the wind played a big factor. It, I thought it was everything in the game. I really did. It affected, no question, Kansas uh, punting in the first quarter into the wind. I mean, they had their dude was... He knew he couldn't get it. He wasn't a spiral kicker. So if you don't kick a punt on a spiral, it can't cut through the air. If you're one of these guys where everybody is now a knuckleball guy, you have to kick it lower to get it through. He had one that went about 16 feet on a line. <laughs> so I thought it impacted that. I thought it later impacted West Virginia as far as going forward on fourth down situations. Fourth and long. Fourth and long. Fourth and like be because it was just like and you can't kick it from here because the wind's too strong. I thought it had a huge, huge impact in the game. Now, it did lesson in the second half but first half definitely and some in the second half. well and evan staley's first field goal attempt right there was probably something to do with that as well we've seen him have plenty of leg there so yeah i mean you were there you would know better than than we would but it seemed like it affected a lot a lot of different parts of that game okay here's something that might just go oh you beat uh, you beat kansas and the game's over anything greatest i don't want to over i don't want to overstate anything greatest final drive at the end of a half to get a field goal in the history of football. <laughs> I don't want to go over top. I, I don't want to go too far. In it. Dude, are you serious? Are you serious? No timeouts. No timeouts. That thing was absolutely flawless. And I know, uh, was it Sam James didn't get out of bounds once, but other than that, because the first down clock stopped it anyway, that you talk about a bum out. You talk about momentum shifter. Hey, Kansas, come here. Come here. Come here. You want to be, we're going to be tied. We're going to be tied. We're going to be tied here. 10 7. See you later. Nine plays, 51 yards, 49 seconds. But I think given how West Virginia started the game, you thought points were going to come. All right, fine. March right down the get, get some points. And then you go dry for the rest of the half until that. So I, I'm with you on that. I think that was. Not even so much about just getting the three points on the board, which helped just the mentality of getting back on track there to get some offensive production and finish a drive. And then you come out and what do you do in the second half? 
touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown on four consecutive drives. So add that field goal in there, five consecutive drives for a West Virginia team that had really stalled out offensively. Yeah, once again, West Virginia making good halftime adjustments coming out, playing better in the second half. Going back to Evan Staley, I mean, Staley missed that long one, which was against the wind. And then, but the second, they made three for four, but that second one, that thing ricocheted. And that, that was close too. That was, but I think that had to be huge for him to get that and propel him to those next two. Yeah, that was super weird, man. Cause like I was watching that on my binoculars and I saw it hit the upright. And then the next thing I do, I see it hit the field. And I'm going like, well, it bounced out. But obviously it hit the upright, bounced hit the crossbar, landed behind the crossbar, and then bounced back out onto the field and had bang, bang, ping, ping. Yeah, that was really that was really good. So speaking of breaks, Western Union got the the officiating yep. breaks and then got that that bounce, a literal break on the bounce there. That helped too. Okay, so deep breath. Okay, so now now the question becomes at three and one expectations. We've got uh, questions from our audience coming in here in just a little bit, but uh, now what is a realistic expectation you are halfway to bowl eligibility you have eight games remaining you need three wins to become bowl eligible what's the mindset now that maybe didn't exist before the season started anything changed through four as as far as that perspective goes no i think if you look at it from that perspective though getting that third win on saturday against kansas puts at least the bowl game back in play here. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think at this point you have to write that off. I think you start to look now, but but niche it down even further. I mean, you're talking Texas, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Baylor as your next four. Can you steal one of those? Can you go in and get one out of October? And I, I know that's really dialing back expectations for what this program is used to, but can you go steal one in October? That's what I'm looking for short-term from this group. Well, you're not going to be favored in any of those games. No. So it would be a steal. It would be an upset. I mean, to come out of October with with continued hopes for a bowl game, you're going to have to upset somebody. I mean, those are conceivably the top four teams in this league. Right. I mean, Oklahoma State would probably argue a little bit, but I think you look at those four, and if those teams finish one, two, three, and four in the league, I wouldn't be stunned. This will, this will be a fascinating month because this is going to be a huge test, and how will this team respond? You saw how they responded after the Missouri game, right? Mm-hmm. They responded, came out, won two games, played really well against North Carolina State. So now you're going to face real adversity in October, real adversity. You're going to lose some games. You're going to get whacked a time or two, right? How do they respond uh, after those games? Yeah. This is all about bounce back, man. This is all about the ability. Yeah, it's going to get rough here. It's going to get rough. You just got to hang in there as a team. You got to hang in there as fans because this is about it. I think this is as good as it could have been. I tell you what you do get, though. Again, there have been you get Texas, you get a week off, and mm-hmm. you get Texas at home at 3.30, which is great for the crowd. Perfect Gives for the, the crowd. crowd more time to get there. On homecoming. On, on homecoming. Yeah. They can get there. They can get back home. So there, there are things, there are external things that are good for West Virginia in that ballgame. All right, questions from the crowd in a second. But first, I want to tell you this, that you, yes, you that is listening, you can absolutely save someone's life. In fact, you could save up to eight lives by becoming a person that designates as an organ donor. It's all very, very simple to do by visiting the website, donatelifewv.org, donatelifewv.org. Go there, learn more, and it's true that one donation could save up to eight lives. Right now, over 113,000 people across the country are waiting on an organ transplant. It is essential that we continue to grow 
the list. So do visit DonateLifeWV.org and you can sign up right there and save not a life, you can save lives. All right. Daniel checks in. Daniel Bailey, here's his question. Do you think the secondary can keep this up or is it attributed to the competition so far? Well, you have uh, the secondary, I think, has has played well, especially considering the youth on um, at that safety spot. But uh, you're getting but you you haven't faced the kind of quarterbacks and or offenses that you're going to face in October. So the real test is coming up here. Sam Ellinger, Brock Purdy. Jalen Hurts, Charlie Brewer. Those are your next four. Those are your next four. So you you have not... I, I thought the schedule laid out very nicely, in particular for this young secondary. Get some guys out there. Get some experience. Let them run. Let them see what live game action is like. And now here comes the test. Because again, are those the four best quarterbacks in the league? I mean, Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State might argue that, but I think you're getting the four best quarterbacks in this league all coming at you next. Which makes them also four of the better quarterbacks in the country. I True. Mean, they're, they're in that. They're in, a, they're in a conversation, not saying they are. I'm just saying they're in the general conversation that they're among the best in the country. Nate writes in, what players' production are you pleasantly surprised by at this point? What players' production are you pleasantly well, there's one, surprised? There's one right answer here at the top. <laughs> yes. There's one right answer. Oh, we're going to say Go the ahead. same thing, right? Go ahead. Same James. Yes. Same I mean, you wondered when the season began who was going to fill the, these mini voids at the receiving position. Sam James has 26 catches for, uh, I don't know how many years, but 26 catches, almost seven catches a game. Sam James has come up big, so he would be my vote. Don't disagree with you, but you know, from where I thought to where he is, I go on Austin Kendall. I think Austin Kendall's been playing clean. I think he's tough. I think that he's getting better every time that he goes out there. I didn't think he would be as solid as he is at this point. And he yeah, is. Fair. I'll, and, give, I'll and, give you that. And yeah. I like that. I'll he, give you that. He had, a ton of, he had a ton of ring rust on him from not playing a ton. And I just think he, he just, I like, I like him. You know, I like typical his, of you guys, you come on here and you only want to talk about offense. You never want to talk about defense. So let me give some love to the defense. Stills. Go ahead. Give them them stills, boys. Because as you know, I've been following the Stills brothers since they were about seven. I think at Thanksgiving dinner with them, yeah, don't close you? Yeah, personal friends. Yeah. I mean, both of them have been just outstanding. Yes, they Dante have. on Saturday in particular. And again, they've both been great. That ripping through a double team and forcing the fumble, yes. that was like, you don't need a highlight tape. Just put that out there. That's what that dude can bring you. That was a big-time man play and give the Stills brothers credit. First, I mean, they've been playing well, but they've got the stats to back it up through the early season here. You're absolutely right. And the thing that the coaching staff has been pleading more so with Dante than Darius is you need to be great every game. You need to be great every play. You know, just can't be sporadically. That's what's going to determine whether or not you are truly one of the best. And you're starting to see that. But you're exactly right. The way that he ripped through the double oh. team, got his hand on that quarterback's <laughs> arm. Man play. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was big Changes. Boy. I mean, when you have a guy in the defensive front line that, ch- that has the potential to change the game, that says a lot. Uh, next up, Josh, what are realistic expectations as we face the first three weeks of October against very strong competition? Well... It's not. It's going to be tough. It's going to be. It's. A, I mean, it's a challenge. The, these are Texas, Iowa State, Oklahoma. Uh, well, what? It's left you, you speechless. You, you, you can go. I mean, it's. You could play well and go O for October. Sure. So I think that's what you're looking at. So now, again, 
unusual spot for this particular program. Rarely when you sit at West Virginia do you say, okay, you need the other team kind of looking past you a little bit. But you may get some of that. I mean, you're going to get some of these teams that come in here, and this isn't the highlight of their schedule. So can you get take the next two, for example, that you get at home? You feel like West Virginia's got a better chance at home, more comfortable, all the surroundings, the home crowd buoying them up a little bit. So can you get Texas to look past you a little bit? Can you get Iowa State to start looking down the road a little bit and think they've got you here? You get less than a stellar effort from those guys, slug them right in the face, and hang in there, hang around, and try and steal one late in the fourth quarter. So I think look at these next two. Can you catch one of them off their game and get them before they know what's happened to them? And you want and you want Texas to come in as a big double digit favorite that Tom Herman that thing. Tom Herman can't play as an underdog. No, he needs to be an underdog. That's his role. So I don't think he'll get that this week. He's coming in as a favorite. Well, I know that. What I'm saying, like sometimes they don't play as well. When oh he's, yeah, when he's the favorite. When he's yeah, the favorite. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. All right. Here's a good question um, from Jason Godwin. Is the most impressive thing from Saturday the 10-play, nine-runs drive that basically ended the game? So West Virginia's last drive, as he said. It was 11 plays, 51 yards. Uh, five and a half minutes. Wait, uh, where am I at? The touchdown drive? Or the one before that? He's talking about the very last, the very last play, the very last drive of the game for West Virginia was, with the score 29-24, 10 plays for West Virginia, 70 yards um, in two minutes and 49 seconds. Started with Austin Kendall, an 11-yard run, then Letty Brown, uh, no gain in Texas or Kansas timeout, then Letty Brown for three, and then Kennedy McCoy, no gain, and then Groudon punted the ball. That was the last That's last, the last one. You're talking about the one before that. One before that. He went nine. I'm going to find out in two. Ladies and gentlemen, as you can tell, these are fresh questions. I didn't look at them before we went on the air. You got play-by-play in front of you? We got an 11-play, 51-yard drive in 541. I got that one. Nevertheless, here's the point to it all. Running the ball is something that we thought was going to be non-existent with this team, right? After two weeks, we're thinking, well, heck, just spread it, and you're going to have to throw the ball. But instead, they have just turned the ball down there, and I guess we probably need to give love again to those three new guys, uh, Chase Barrett make the start at right guard. Looks as though that's going to be his spot. Uh, Bry- uh, Bryson Mays, nice job at the center spot. Again, kind of don't take that for granted. And then once again, James Gamitter threw some key blocks as well. Tony, the, the, the run game has gone now full circle because before the season began, the expectation was that would be a strength of this team. And after the first two games, you thought, oh my gosh, you can't run at all. But then they made some changes on the offensive line. Colton McKivitt said after the game, he said, quote, we're getting mad and we're coming off the ball. What you saw in that game Saturday and in that drive you referenced was West Virginia running the ball like you thought they were going to be able to. And all four guys, you know, getting getting action in that game. So now the running game is starting to come into shape. West Virginia had 192 yards net rushing compared to 142 for Kansas. That's a good day on the ground, Brad. Well, two guys with 70 plus yards. Kelly yeah. McCoy got to 73. I thought Letty Brown again, guys, was was impressive in there. I like the way he runs the football. Yeah. He finds holes even when there's not holes there. Give him a little sliver. He's patient. He can break through there. But yeah, I thought, again, th- this is no surprise. This will be a theme we keep coming back to. Clock management, Tony, from Neil Brown, I thought was was really good again. Tempo when they needed tempo early to get it going, and that yep. caught Kansas's defense 
off guard and they were winded from all those yeah. plays. So the tempo worked effectively. But then in the end, when you had to slow that down there and, and milk some clock, when you got the ball back with 10 minutes to go and you needed that five-minute drive that ends in points, those are those are seemingly little things until you don't do them and then they become big things. Another question, last question from the crowd, from Frank. How can Kendall improve on his deep ball or can he? Yeah, I, I'd say this on that. They think that's actually a strength for him. They don't have a problem with him on deep ball. I think it's perhaps one of those great things they talk about all the time is comfort level with the guys that you're throwing it to, right? And it took a season for it to develop with Greer and those guys, and they were just that much more wired in in their second go-around last year. Um, I just think it's a comfort level. They do think he can throw the deep ball. And I, I just think over a period of time, these younger receivers kind of need to, uh, you know, it, it'll, it'll just come. It's not a, a quick process. Rhythm's important. Yeah. Rhythm's important. Getting to a groove, like you said. There there were some times when you watched him this spring that the deep ball did look underthrown. But it appears, Tony, that the arm strength's there. He had one that we talked about with Rashid on Saturday. There was an outcut to Sean Ryan that that Kendall had to make the throw. And that's a tough throw. It's across the field on an out, and he hit it there perfectly. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think that's something you continue to work on. You're going to have to do some things to help suck some defense in there, hit them before it gets too deep, because Kendall does not appear to be a guy that's going to sit back there and just wing it 70 yards off his back foot. And you just have to keep trying. I mean, you have to do that to stretch the defense. You got to try to go deep, what, three or four times a game. Even if it's not working, you got to keep trying it. Uh, a couple more off the top. Uh, as a as big of a priority it seemed to get Sean Ryan eligible for this year, he hasn't really been a part of the offense, not as much as I was expecting anyways. Will we see more of him? It's a good question. Three catches, 20 yards, five targets on Saturday. He had a couple really good catches. One that I just referenced there on the outcut, he went and got it. Then that other one in traffic on first down when he just went up, held the ball, and wrestled it away from the Kansas defender. So I, I do think he's a guy that comes on. I think part of that might be just Sam James. Sam James is hogging all the targets through the first four games. So I would expect Ryan to have a good second half here. He would, I, I, I like his skill set. Yeah, he's got a great skill set. He really does a good job of just grabbing the ball and hanging on to the ball. I mean, a Real, real receiver skills, and he's the kind of guy that okay, he's quiet. You haven't heard from him much. He could go out and have a nine, you know, nine catch game. I mean, that wouldn't surprise you if he did that. I agree, right? As especially as Sam James gets more attention. Yeah, I think internally the staff thinks that it's in there for him. They're just kind of bringing him along. And you're right; they probably. You know, would like to see it sooner than later, but I do think that he does become more productive. I'd be and, surprised. And don't you think that probably has to come sooner or later because yes. of the last thing you just said? At some point, these teams, and you saw it a little bit Saturday, Texas or Kansas is pretty good in the defensive backfield. I think now you're going to get into four pretty good defensive teams here that have to look at that tape and say, somebody show me that you right. can beat me other than 13, I would think. Brad writes in, the only play call I can really argue about in that game was the two-point double pass on the conversion attempt. The run game was working at that point. Why not hand off to Petaway? The that that play just never really got off the ground. And one of the challenges, Tony, I'll defer to you guys on this, but I think one of the challenges is when you run a play like that, when you're on the uh, you know, inside the five, is the the defense the, the field is smaller, right? So it takes sure. a long time for that play to develop. And uh, there's just not as much there's not as much room downfield for the defense to be stretched in that situation. Also, this team has has had trouble running it straight ahead for a couple of yards. So you try a little surprise there, try and catch them, 
didn't work. I okay. think it's one of those deals that if it worked, you'd go like, I tell you what, this Neil Brown, <laughs> this guy's absolutely, a, he's Einstein. He's a genius. And if it doesn't, you go like, what the heck are you doing that for? Run the ball. So obviously they thought schematically that it was going to be there. It did not develop well. They they read it well. I mean, they had the thing figured out. And so it was compliments to them as Real well. Real quick before we get out of here, because I think we'd be remiss if we did not mention the bounce back game from Martel Petaway. I mean, you talk about not yes. having a ton of carries, but some big ones, six carries, two of them went for touchdowns and one went for a big third down conversion. So 50% of the dude's carries were absolutely massive in that game. So credit him, didn't get a single tick the week before he bounces back in a big moment and this team needed him. It's a good point. And as you said, going into the season, we talked about the running back depth. And for the most part, we've seen it, right? So now Petaway doesn't play in the previous game and he goes, okay, I'm coming this time. He comes. Sinkfield didn't get as many carries, so you get McCoy and, and Petaway getting the ball. But you got that in-room competition, which is a good thing. By the way, uh, with McCoy's touchdown run, he now is tied for seventh all-time in touchdowns at West Virginia with Kerry Marbury. Really? So, yeah. So that's uh, the kudos to him. And Colton McKivitz, with his start, tied Pat White. For most career starts, 39 career starts. So that's uh, that's pretty significant. Well, so happy to report that they're 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 uh, weed eating successfully out here uh, outside the building. So happy to report that. I getting those weeds cut down. I thought the what are those things that come out of the ground every 17 years? Cicadas. Cicada. I thought the cicadas. I thought the cicadas were were uh, were coming in. Hey, here's something for you and a reminder before we give you. We had someone send us some stuff and. Uh, Senator and Hoppy and I will try this. The problem is we don't have any nacho chips yet, but I'll, I'll tell you about it here in just a second. But here is something that you do need to know. When it comes to your monthly ink and copier supplies, you know that you could be spending a lot of money and you know that you could be maybe wasting some money. So reach out to the folks at Comax Business Systems. They are your full service Conica Minolta dealer. <laughs> Kirchville just shut the weed eater off. That, that is absolutely fantastic. And you know what, Hop? That's something you can do on a podcast. You can go outside the door there and tell the, the weed eater guy to get the heck out of here, right? Ryan Guthrie, who also produces our broadcast on Saturday, I scared him to death because his back to me. I tapped him on the shoulder, scared him to death. Oh, yeah. Going down that alley, I'd imagine that he would that be would a little be. bit scared. Anyway, as I was saying, uh, get a monthly ink and copier supply inventory check and see if you're wasting money. Do not control P money down your leg check them out by going to comax business systems at comaxwv.com all right so super quick um this is from casey bennett who's a fantastic mountaineer fan and he said uh hey guys i hope you enjoy this salsa as much as i enjoy your show i still drive my wife nuts uh as i how much i play you guys throughout the house we'll hopefully be able to attend the tcu football game and texas tech basketball games he's down in texas and he says green chilies is he's in New Mexico is a New Mexico staple. They put it on everything here. I don't understand it, but luckily my wife makes the best pepperoni rolls in town. So what he did was he sent us some green chili salsa and hoppy. You probably know this Hatch Valley. You know those Hatch peppers? No. You're not familiar with Hatch peppers? Oh, they're they're freaking fantastic. They're absolutely fantastic. And so we will on an upcoming uh, upcoming day or two we will dip those into some chips. And we will be well on our way. Hey, we got something different for you coming up on our next episode with no game to preview on Thursday. And believe it or not, college basketball practice starting on Friday. We're going to do a basketball show. And because of NCAA rules, 
as far as promotion goes, I can't tell you who's going to be with us. But all I'll tell you is tune in to episode 142. Yeah, that's good because that would be a huge violation to let somebody know who's coming up on an interview. Now, if you want to take a bag of cash and go out and pay a player, you're certainly fine to do that. But God forbid you would actually say who's coming up for an interview with fans. You wouldn't want to do that. Wouldn't want to do that. Good job, NCA. Good rule there. This show always follows the rules. It is episode what episode this was 141. Episode 141 our Kansas review. Thanks for being with us everyone and thanks to our sponsors. DonateLifeWV.org, ComaxWV.com, the great folks at Mardi Gras Casino WV.com and WheelingIsland.com. We'll talk hoops with our next episode on Thursday then back to ball next Monday as we start to preview and look ahead to the Texas Longhorns for the vacationing Hoppy Kirchival and the Senator Brad Howe. We're out. See y'all. Thanks. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.